Good morning to you uh, who are watching at home. Wow. I mean, choir was amazing. Then you guys started singing. Um, I think we could just pray and go home. Um, yes, thank you, Jesus, that our voices, our tongues can profess with words and with song our amazing God, our precious Jesus, and the Holy Spirit aggressively at working in our life. We're going to continue on with James chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 3 through 8. Uh, and last week we talked about being cautious with our words, how we teach, how we present the word of God, uh, and but we stumble. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall. Part of our problem is this little thing in our mouth called the tongue that causes a whole bunch of issues, and we're going to talk about that. So today is true faith wrestles with the tongue. Uh, there's a battle going on. Uh, so let's take a look at what damage we can do uh, with with our speech and our words, um, but then a little sneak peek to the end of how God and Jesus as Lord can turn it into some glorious stuff. So James 3, verses 3 through 8. And it says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For by for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Great way to, to end our Sunday morning, right? So we've got an issue. We've got an issue with our tongue. It is impossible, like James said, the, the nature of the tongue, our sinful nature to control it, to tame it. Um, it's a mess, and it causes a mess. Uh, and there are people I know that try to help, and people have tried to help me because I've said some dumb things, said some things that were hurtful, and I couldn't take back, or it took years to, to mend that relationship because of one word. Uh, who knows? But I had a person in my life who really wanted to try to help me with my tongue. And that was my mother. Because she thought she could wash my tongue. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever had your tongue washed out with soap. Okay? I grew up with that. And I don't think the, the soft soap, the liquid soap was so popular, if, you know, for bathroom use. Thank you, Jesus. Because that would have been impossible. But it was it was a full bar of soap in my mouth. Um, lying, cussing, whatever I did to deserve that. And can I tell you, when that thing comes back out of your mouth and scrapes against your teeth accidentally, that is worse than toothpaste and orange juice because you can't brush the extra soap from behind your teeth because then the suds of that just multiply in your mouth. It's disgusting. So did it help? Eh, maybe for a couple of hours, uh, days. Um, but... But we've got an issue with our tongue, and I wish it was as simple as a sanit. Oh, that would be worse. Alcohol sanitizing, right? Never mind. Um, 
but but we have an issue with our speech, with our tongue, and it can cause some damage. So James is showing how powerful it is. We're going to look at how powerful the tongue is, the destruction that it causes, and the taming of the tongue, if if at all possible. So the power of the tongue, James describes a bit and a rudder. Uh, the bit for a horse is a very small piece um, to try to manage and steer and control a very strong animal. Uh, do you know that the kick of a horse is at 2,000 pounds per square inch. I mean, that's a ton for an inch of pressure from the kick of a horse. Its bite is 500 pounds per square inch. Um, horses are, are amazing beings. And I didn't know this. They are rarely hunted by other prey, prayer, um, even apex predators, because they are smart and they're strong and they're fast. Didn't think about that. You always see the cool, you know, tigers and lions or whatever, but that horses are rarely hunted because they are difficult to, to kill and to catch. So here's Paul saying this amazing beast can be controlled by this bit uh, as part of the reins to, to ride a horse. And then ships. And I, got, I have to admit, I got overwhelmed with, with looking at ships, going for the largest, uh, looking at rudder size, and then I went into the Navy fleet and then, yeah, I was like, whoa, I just need to mention ships because we could have spent an hour talking about ships. But, but the size of a rudder is so small in comparison to the, the gigantic structure that a ship is. And to know that that small rudder guides exactly where it goes. <clears throat> in James' time, the ships relied on wind with the sails. So imagine the strength of wind. Uh, that God has provided for these ships that a small rudder can can change course, uh, even over the the strength of the the wind. So James is saying, our tongue is a powerful piece that God has given us in our bodies, uh, can do damage and can do some great things. Verse five says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. I'm sure you know people that have boasted about great things they can do, and then they don't follow through. There's no evidence. You know, it's an empty boast. No, the tongue, anything it's going to boast about is going to back it up with its power. And knowing that a tongue can build up, encourage, comfort, give strength, show love, and bring a nation to peace, but yet also destroy uh, to crush and break down and cause distrust and hate and bring a nation to the brink of war just by a word, uh, just by our tongue. There is there is amazing things that the tongue can do with its power. And it affects others. It's not just us controlling the bit, controlling the rudder, but think about the consequences of our words. That one statement that you didn't think was meaningful at all changed the course of someone's life. And then it affected others. So imagine a horse out of control. A horse is going to do damage if it's out of control, running into a crowd or, or destroying whatever it's pulling or running into a ship, uh, a, a crashed ship or um, a ship being overturned. I mean, there's destruction that will happen to other people because of what that is and, and the, the rudder and the bits being out of control, it's going to affect other people. So needless to say, James 
does not agree with this familiar children's taunts. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's untrue. Bones heal, skin, men's back, and but words can do some lifetime damage. And, and will destroy character and personalities and, and someone's confidence with the simple speech or spoken word of someone else. And so here's, James is like, we've got a, ma- a major issue. So it's powerful and it's destructive. And James lists metaphor over metaphor from verses 5 through 8 of the destruction of the tongue. And he starts with a fire. And we know that fire is good. I love a good campfire. Barbecue tastes so much better on an open flame and s'mores, okay? But it also gives us warmth. It, it gives us energy for industry to be able to build things. And there's amazing positive things about fire. But it takes one spark to get a fire going for a forest to be demolished, um, for homes to be destroyed, for businesses and lives to be destroyed. One simple spark causes a flame that will scorch and consume and blast through someone's life. Uh, and so James warns about the tongue being a fire. And later on, in verses 7 and 8, talking about setting on fire the entire course of life. We are going to deal with this the rest of our life. We could be the most godly person that has lived besides Christ Jesus and, and holy, but we're going to deal with our tongue. It's going to cause us issues the rest of our life. And like I shared, there are statements and words said to someone else in a destructive manner that causes them to change course of, over their life and has caused them damage throughout the rest of their life. So setting on fire the entire course of life and then set on fire by hell. So this is a natural state of the tongue. And the natural state of this, the tongue is evil. And it comes from the bowels of hell. And it's going to be nothing but, but based in evil things. Uh, there's good that can come out of it, but the, the natural state is always going to lean towards evil. And looking at the Greek word of Gehenna here that talks about eternal hell, it was also a location. And it was off of the Valley of Hinnom in the southern outskirts of Jerusalem, and it served as a city dump. And what they did back then was kept everything burning. I know around here you can burn your trash. We've got a neighbor that does that. But imagine this is all the trash. This is any refuse, any garbage. This isn't the recyclable stuff that burns nicely. There's a stench to the smell. Uh, And being in some other countries and you smell them burning trash... It is rancid. It is not a pleasant smell. And to imagine that the tongue is seen as not only an evil, uh, an evil part of our, our body that speaks evil things, but imagine that the rancid smell that it causes, uh, in comparison without any grace, without any love, without anything, it can cause damage and be this nasty smell set on fire by hell. It's a world of unrighteousness. We think of anything unrighteous as any sin, anything that's not for God. Anything against God is unrighteous. So the the tongue can be a part of anything sinful, anything that is unrighteous. 
Some of the sins of our tongue is false teaching, lying, boasting, gossip, filthy language, slander, deceit, and other sins generated by our words. Uh, it is It loves that world of unrighteousness. It is a stain on the whole body. You get a new shirt, you get a new jacket, new clothes, and you're like, oh, got to make sure I don't get anything on it. You know, one little stain can mess it up. But James is saying the stain on the whole body. One word can can obliterate the character of one person. Uh, one word can damage the the personality or how people see the person that is speaking such evil things. Uh, that their whole life is stained because of their word, because of this attitude that they've spoken. Matthew fifteen eleven speaks of that. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Uh, it can defile a whole person, your whole witness, uh, who you are trying to be. One word, one phrase, the wrong direction can stain that and cause your reputation to be stained. James says it's a restless evil. The sinful tongue roams the wild. It's quick to defend itself. It's quick to subdue others and attack others. It's marked by evil. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You see this parallel of Satan roaming around and restless, and our tongue is the same way. Uh, we had a dog, and Carrie, I know you're watching, and I'm sorry I forgot the name of it. It was a beagle. I didn't like this dog at all, okay? It was It was soon after we moved here. It was a beagle. We have a fenced-in yard in the back, so we could let the dog out, go to the bathroom, come back. Every single time we let this beagle out to go to the bathroom, it ran the perimeter, like aggressively looking for any hole, any way out. It did not want to be at our house, didn't want to be hanging out with us, didn't want to be in the backyard, like, get me out. It was restless, like crazy restless. Um, it got out one day, and I, I aggressively went to go look for a carrier promise. Um, and it, it took off. We never saw the beagle again. Um, but our tongues by nature are restless. They're ready. It, it is ready to look at, okay, who can I jab at? Who can I mess their life with? Who can I be mean to? <clears throat> so we've got, we've got an issue dealing with our tongue. It is deadly poison. It is like the poisonous venom of a snake, uh, that our words can bring death, a death bringing poison to it. And Psalm 143, 140 verse 3 says, they make their tongue sharp as a serpent's and under their lips is the venom of asps. So here's, it is poisonous. It's going to bring death. Uh, to a relationship, death to a person's momentum and character and, and who they are and their witness. Uh, there's, it's deadly poison. And then James talks about that, man, man can control animals. Man can tame almost any animal, but you can't tame the tongue. It is wild and untamable. Uh, God gave us dominion over all the animals, the fish of the sea, every living thing that moves on earth. But we have an issue with our tongue. I used to love the tigers at a circus. It 
amazed me how they could tame and train these tigers to do their routine uh, and not and know that within inches of death, uh, one swipe from a tiger's paw would completely kill whoever was training them. And that always amazed me. And knowing that our tongue can do as much damage and is out of control by its natural state. So then James says, it is impossible for us to tame the tongue. So let's talk about the taming of the tongue. Can we do it ourselves? Not even close. It's got to be God. It's got to be the power of the Holy Spirit. It's got to be Jesus Christ being Lord of our life, which also means Lord of our words, Lord over our tongue, uh, the way that we use it. We can't do it ourselves. James is very clear on that. We've got to have a relationship with God by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name for us to have any hope of using our tongue for the glory of God. Turn with me to two passages because they go together. Ephesians 4, verse 29, and then Proverbs 16, 24. Ephesians 4, 29, and then Proverbs 16, 24. And Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt talking come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. There are amazing things that will come from our mouth that come as we speak the graciousness of God. As the graciousness of God is in our life, we get to share that graciousness with others and have that life transformed, transform our speech. And what does gracious talk look like? And this is Proverbs sixteen twenty four. It says, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Now, I'm not talking sappy, sugary talk, okay? There's a place for that. But there truly is healing with honey. There truly is a soothing that happens to the body and to the soul when we, when we have honey. My mom used to give us, if we had a sore throat, a spoonful of honey and lemon juice. So the lemon juice for healing, but that honey kind of coats everything and it, it's, it does wonders. There is healing with our words when we speak gracious words and, and use graciousness in our tongue. And we can do that to heal relationships, to build up a witness to share Jesus Christ with others. So here is Understanding that, that yes, James paints a pretty bad picture for our tongue, but God's going to use it for good and will use it for good and glorify and use us in our speech. Never underestimate the guidance that we give by our words that we speak or what we don't say. Sometimes we need to stop and not say anything. That's as powerful as saying something wrong. And we look at Jesus and a woman at the well. Here's where Jesus approached a woman and, and they talked about her sin and he was truthful with her and, and presented, you know, this sin and presented him talking about him being a bread of life and living water and that, that there is salvation through him. But because of those words, because of his gracious love and mercy, what happened with her life? Here she was hidden away from the rest of the community and ashamed and living in sin. 
And her life was transformed by the words of Jesus to go back and be this amazing evangelist to her community, uh, to go door to door sharing the love of Jesus with who she just met and share that. So, so there's hope for us. There's hope because Christ Jesus has changed our heart. Christ Jesus speaks mercy and truth and grace through us to others. And we have that amazing privilege to share and proclaim the love of God with others. And that's a, an amazing thing that can only happen because of God. So we never know when God will use our words. I got to reconnect with a family from back in California about a month or two ago and talking to the mom and dad, and they shared that their son, who I knew, Joey, was he was a worship leader for years and years, is now the senior pastor. About the same time I transitioned, you know, from my job into this one. So I gave him a call. He's Pastor Joe now. Couldn't call him Joey. Um, but but we're talking, we're talking ministry stuff and, and our story and our journey together and encouraging one another. And we get ready to close up our conversation. He goes, Randy, I have to tell you something. He goes, you helped like the the direction that I went in ministry. Uh, you helped encourage me. And I'm like, really? Because I didn't remember. Um, in fact, I think he was just in seventh grade when when he was there in Bakersfield with us. And his family was only there a couple of years. Got to know the family. But he, we had a conversation, and I did remember the conversation about him wanting to go into ministry. And we talked about God's calling and making sure it's from God, you know, not seeing, seeing the cool stuff of ministry, but knowing there's a lot of work. And here's a phrase that he said back to me that I had no clue that I said. We talked about calling, and then I said, you need to be willing to set up tables and chairs every day of your ministry. And that stuck with him. He, he saw that and knew that going into ministry that, that it's, yes, God glorifying and you get to proclaim Jesus, uh, on a stage or in classrooms or wherever, but it's, it's also some grunt work. And I had no clue that that helped encourage him all of those times because we hadn't talked really since they left and we're talking a long time ago, probably almost 20 years. But that, those words launched his his direction, if you will, um, into the ministry and was part of all that God was doing, but I got to be a part of that and didn't have a clue. How many times have we said a word of encouragement that helped someone's life out that we didn't have a clue? How many times have we also said things that we weren't supposed to say that were discouraging, uh, that crushed the hopes of a ministry, that crushed the hopes of someone committing their lives to Jesus Christ? The, the tongue is a powerful thing. Um, and it comes back to who's in control of our tongue. Go back with me to verse 4. And this really this really caught me. Um, because we're talking about the power of a tongue. Well, someone's got to have a little bit of control of the tongue. We may not be able to tame it. But we can either choose it for it to glorify God or choose for it to cause destruction. So verse 4 says... Wherever the will of the pilot directs. So it's the, it, there's a will involved and it's either God's will or our will. And that's the challenge. That's the, the, the fight that's going on for the use of the tongue. So who has control of our tongue? Is it ours 
Is it our will or is it God? Is God truly in control? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of our life? James, we're working through what true faith looks like. And true faith is an absolute surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord. Everything that we do, everything that we say. And it's a struggle. And knowing that this small piece of our body, this small tool that God has given us, can cause amazing destruction or amazing glory to him. Uh, and it's it's a fine balance. And are we all going to come here changed? And as we leave this place, I pray, even a little bit, and knowing that we, God can use our words to glorify him. And here's our prayer that I mentioned uh, last week, a similar prayer to what David had. And this is in Psalm 141, verses 3 and 4. It says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil. It truly needs to be a prayer of even James mentioned earlier to be slow to speak. There's times we need to stop, count to 10 before we say anything. Now, is it easy? No, it's hard. Okay. I'm too quick in my mouth. Like I said, my mouth gets me in trouble all the time, but knowing that, that God is in control and we've got to allow him and it might take 10 times a day. It might take a hundred times a day. Uh, for us to stop and think, all right, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want? How do you want me to react to this situation? And that's the Lordship of Christ on our life. And then an amazing thing is we get to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior with our mouth, with our tongue, that we get to confess him as Lord. And then what does that verse say? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. It's a heart matter. And when the heart and the tongue are together, the glory of God will be amazing. And we're going to talk about that next week. The amazing glory that we get to proclaim to God Almighty, praising Jesus as our Lord and Savior, uh, preaching and singing about the Holy Spirit, and and giving God all the glory. And But there's still a, a battle going on. But knowing that we have an opportunity to have this powerful tongue that God has given us for destruction or for God's glory. Uh, and I pray that we continue to always err on the side of God's glory in all things that we do and professing him as Lord and Savior. If you have not professed him as Lord and Savior, you don't understand what it means for Christ Jesus to be Lord of your life. Please come and talk to us. During our time of invitation, uh, we have two men on either side uh, to come and talk, and anytime, call me, email me, whatever. I want us to know what it truly means to have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Please pray with me as we close in our time. Father, I thank you for this reminder, uh, and and it can tend to be a problem, but our tongue. And I pray, Father, that you are Lord over the words that we say, that you are Lord over our thoughts and our will to make sure that that we glorify you in everything that we say. And it's not easy. It's a challenge. And we realize that. And we know that. But, Father, I pray for amazing encouragement and love and just the opportunity to share your love with others, even our tone of speech, uh, that we continue to be a light in this dark world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.